0: Media.
1: Activated. Welcome everyone to the Edge Free Show. We are your host, Edge. And this is Free. And today we have a nice little panel discussion, part two of our AI in the Arts Spoken more specifically on the art in the arts. Let's go ahead and introduce our guest here.
0: I'm Bethany.
2: I'm Bo Vincent.
1: And I'm Donald. Yeah, hey, we uh, we got through it, y'all. We got through it. We've had some uh, technical difficulties. (laughs) But uh, uh, seriously, thank y'all so much for being here. Let's have everybody tell a little bit about themselves. Uh, just as a recap, if this is your first time listening to the show, uh, Daniel and I are both musicians. So, you know, we are really thinking about the music part of the arts when it comes to AI. And then Bethany.
0: Yeah, um, I'm a graphic designer. So I have a bachelor's of arts in graphic design. So I've had um, more education on the visual arts side, um, but I am also interested in music as well.
1: Nice.
2: Mr. BV? Uh, yeah, well, computer tech during the day and a musician, photographer, jack of all trades at night.
3: And Donald? Currently, I'm a graphic designer at CSM. Um I am more focused on the uh, visual part of art.
1: And, and, and he's being a very humble guy. Donald uh, has actually done all the podcast artwork for Chasm. So uh, we really appreciate you, man. I'm actually going to throw on the applause button. <laughs> but no, that that's awesome. And uh, the way Bo and I met, we used to work together. So, you know, we're both in the IT field. So uh, Bo is a ve- very well-rounded individual in terms of art, music, visual. I mean, all the stuff. So... He's being humble as well. So, where y'all want to get started? Uh, I don't know. I mean, we can
4: maybe start with visual art. I don't know how long we can talk about that. Probably for quite a while, honestly. Yeah, we can. Um, I know that on the on the last episode, episode three, if you guys haven't listened to it, you guys should check it out. Um, but we did touch on one that I think was kind of interesting, just looking into. AI and the arts, and kind of, it's, it's still very new, but we haven't really seen the effects of it fully yet. And the story that we talked about with that guy that uh, he won an art competition with AI-generated art, apparently he put like 900 hours into it, and uh, people have mixed views about it. Some people had said that uh, they don't think that he should have been able to win, because it was AI generated art, even though it came from his ideas and everything like that, and time to put into creating it. Um, but his, uh, well, the person that was the judge that actually put it as n- placing number one, he said that he didn't know initially that it was AI generated. But even when he learned that it was, he still felt that it was justified to place it as number one. So I guess it's a little bit of a controversial subject, but we have multiple people here that dabble in uh, maybe not all AI-generated art, but some kind of visual art form. And I think that it would be kind of good to get y'all's thoughts on where it's going, do you like it? Do you dislike it? So, um, who wants to start?
2: I think the whole thing about judging art is—I think the final outcome, no matter how it's created, should be, um, you know, accepted. I know a lot of people, uh, you know, you, even collage artists get a bad rap for taking stuff out of National Geographic or fashion magazines and compiling it into something else. I think people. To appreciate art, you have to have an open mind, and if you're too close-minded of what you think art should be, then I mean, every I mean, just like photography, some people think digital's you know still not legit. It needs to be you know celluloid, you know, chemical based. But it's you just gotta roll with the times and see what happens.
4: It's like a purist kind of thing with some photographers. I know some people that only do film. So,
0: But even like when film photography was first invented, there were people that were like, photography is the end to all art. Because <laughs> yeah. it's not painting, you're not doing everything by hand, you know. So. Yeah.
4: I think that that's a pretty interesting perspective as well. Because I did watch, I watched the video earlier today before we started reporting, uh, recording this podcast. And I think it was by um, Anna Isabel. And she had a pretty good deep dive on perspectives on this type of stuff, and she did bring up that point, Bethany, about um, people thought that it was like going to be the death of art just because actual photos were coming to rise and everything like that. And I guess everybody's everybody's picture back in the day was a painting, so um, that still is a thing. People still paint portraits and. Also, people still take photos, so it didn't really diminish. Um, I guess what painting or art is. So I think that that's a pretty interesting point.
1: I, I almost look at it like, uh, like music. You know, you've got different genres, so it's like, hey, uh, not saying that they can't do more than just their their subgenre of art, but being able to say, okay, this is photography, this is painting, this is drawing, this is strictly digital, you know, you're using whatever, and then doing a mix of all these things to create, you know, whatever it is you're trying to create the image. I think um, they all have their place, but I'm a little out of of my depth on that.
3: So as someone who um, does photography, I take 110 um, film. I never really understood the the kind of debate on whether or not film photography can be considered art. I always figured any photography, art based, if you're painting or whatever, taking photos, it still takes time and effort and creativity to come out with an image. Um, As far as like the AI, I've had back and forth conversations with friends about it. Um, I personally don't feel as though an AI artist is necessarily an artist. I um, I think I can accept it, whether it be for personal use rather than like commercial use.
4: Um, so what reason would you say not for commercial use?
3: Uh, because there is a point where you are take, you are using the AI image. You're using AI image that takes copyrighted art from other artists, whether it be scrambled from a different, different artists from different, um, you know, mediums. I feel like you're still kind of using people's image without consent. And a lot of people don't know that, um, a lot of the times, even medical photography, that's private, is used through AI. And so that's kind of just my stance on that.
4: Okay. Um, I would say I somewhat disagree. I guess it just depends on how you're doing it. I guess there's, there's certain styles that people can, say, put into something like mid-journey or something like that, like we have talking about um, earlier. You can type in, in the style of Van Gogh. Um, and it will create a original image, but it will have like that Van Gogh kind of touch of style on it, but you don't have to put that on there. Um, you don't have to in- take some kind of style from another artist to be able to create something on, uh, AI generated art. And also mid journey allows you to be able to use, um, the images, for commercial use, for whatever you want, um, up until, I guess, if you're using it and you're generating uh, above a million dollars is what I've seen. If you are generating over a million dollars, then you actually have to um, do proceeds to them for it. But other than that, it's for use, but it's images that have never existed before. So how is it copyrighted?
0: I think, so I've seen the argument of that it's stealing and I'm not totally sure exactly how it works, but I think that they're talking about like the images that are fed to the AI for it to learn like those images, but like, I'm not like the actual images of how the AI is creating them. I don't really know how that process works.
3: So, um, the AI goes through a, a process called diffusion where it basically picks like a, a, a simple keyword and it will go through basically a training. So it takes basically if you search searching like dog, it takes in every image of a dog and makes it into a pixel that shapes into what they determine what a dog might be, If you say animal or something like that. It takes all those images, whether it be a photography or whether it be a painting and it creates this one AI image.
4: Okay. Yeah. I totally get that. Um, so that would be what we would call machine learning. Is that right? E.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, with machine learning, you're training the model or, or yeah, you're training the model, feeding it images and saying, okay, as mentioned in the last episode, I think we specifically use the dog, uh, example, but you say, okay, here are images of a dog, here are images of a dog, multiple images. Then you test it, send it a cat, is this a dog, it says yes, that it's not learning. You send it a cat, it says no, okay, cool, this is a cat. Retest, 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 is this a dog or a cat? If it's learning, it'll be able to identify what each one is. So,
2: yeah. Yeah. How much human interaction tells it that it's not a cat? Is there like a grade that a human does? You know what I'm saying? Is there somebody still... Tweaking the algorithm, saying, "Oh, this missed. Like, tell the AI, is that a cat or a dog?" And it's like, "Oh, I got spanked on this one because it wasn't a dog; it was a cat." And then it finally like learns from like telling it you're wrong. Like, I don't know how this stuff works. I, it's fascinating nonetheless.
1: I think initially you'll have that human interaction where somebody will come in and say, "Okay," especially if it's in using this very rudimentary example. Someone will say, "Okay, cool." I gave you a range of animals. You've got all these animals or these objects wrong. And then you'll take that feedback, that data, do analysis and say, okay, this is where you're strong. This is where you're weak. And then they will make those tweaks in order to make the algorithm stronger.
4: Okay. Yeah. And
1: I guess that's an interesting
4: interesting perspective, I would say. Um, the only thing is when it comes down to, um, I guess... Feeding the algorithm or feeding this computer um, to be able to create images, specifically talking about the images, um, how much different would you say that is from if you were somebody that was an aspiring artist or some aspiring creator to conjure up whatever you create without any type of inspiration?
2: yeah I've seen people where they uh, will create a you know search with their keywords and stuff. It comes out with something. It's not exactly what they want, but they're actually a painter. and so they'll use that as inspiration to paint you know a piece of art. So now they're the physical artist, but their inspiration came from, you know, I don't know if you've ever had a, a brain fog where you're trying to come up with a song idea or a piece of art or anything. But once you have that piece of inspiration, it's like, yeah, okay, I'm going to go ahead and and do this. Now he can look at that and be like, okay, these trees are bunk, but like I'm going to paint it this way. But it gave me that, whatever the AI created gave him that vision to go ahead and and physically paint it.
4: Yeah, I totally understand that point. Um, And that's kind of why I find it somewhat interesting because... If anybody refers to the previous episode, um, number three, I referenced when I have my experience using specifically Mid Journey. Um, there's so many different types of things that people are trying to create. And even though the person isn't actually, they don't have the pen the, or the pencil in their hand or the paintbrush in their hand, they're creating certain types of things through what they're telling this thing to give them. And there's a big difference in creativity in the creative mind because there are people on mid-journey that are creating pictures of, um, I think I saw one, it was pretty funny, and it was uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Emma Stone holding a boulder and it was creating these really funny images of like both of them they look kind of jacked, but you kind of get the gist of what they are uh who they are and everything like that and then also what i used as the example in episode three was there are people that are that are telling the ai to create things that are extremely unique but also you have other people that are trying to create um, Hermione from from Harry Potter. Emma Watson. Yeah, they're trying to create Emma Watson. And I'm like, well, I think that that shows kind of a strong human element in terms of the creative mind versus somebody that's just using it to create something that already exists, as opposed to the people that are on there using it as a tool to create something that doesn't exist. Um, so I don't think that that's something that can be overlooked.
0: Yeah, I think it definitely like can just be a tool. Um, but it also, so I was playing with it a little bit today. All right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And like, it lacks a lot of control because, um, because of what it is basically, um, there's like if you're too vague with your prompts, then it's not really going to give you like anything. Um, but then if you're like too specific, like if you have kind of an idea of what you want, then it might misinterpret it. And then it's like, how do you get it? Right. Uh, So like, for example, I, um, wanted to have a drawing of a slice of cake and I told it like a piece of cake and it came out, it was all like rectangles, but I was imagining like a triangular cut slice. Ah. And so then I did it again and put triangle. And then this was the image I came up with. So it looks like it's it's a triangular shape, but it's piece not of cake. But yeah. it's like it's <laughs> on all the sides. You know? the,
4: the AI is like cake. <laughs> Go ahead, Donald.
3: I do. I do agree. There is a few limitations to the um to the AI. I think it definitely doesn't render like the human proportions right. I think if you like search like a human person, you will get probably like five, six fingers on a person or a ear as a nose. So it's a few limitations I um I was testing it out before the show started as well. I'm trying to pull it up. Um I was using a you've heard of Dolly.
2: Yeah, definitely.
3: I got like an early invitation to use it and um I just created to create like a like modern like tech. So I'm gonna try while
1: you're while you're pulling that up, when you're talking about it getting human proportions wrong, like this person does yeah. not exist. If you had a chance to check that out, um it's kind of scary how accurate it can recreate human faces based on images have been sent but there's always those little things especially early on where you you said you mentioned earrings
4: earrings it doesn't know how to do earrings
1: yeah you said earrings would come out funky or like sometimes eyes would get kind of droopy and goopy yeah and that yeah. last
4: episode you showed me that one thing and oh, it yeah. looked like there was eggs all over this lady's face or something
1: like that it was <laughs> so weird it's like she had boils or something yeah, yeah. It was
4: so weird but yeah, it really doesn't know how to do earrings, I've noticed. Like every single time that I see something with earrings, it looks really distorted. It doesn't really understand it very well.
0: Yeah, I actually tried to make um, earrings on mid-journey um, and it kind of, it did a pretty good job, but I had to kind of like steer it and like some of the options that looked like necklaces instead of earrings. And even in the final picture, it's like a pair of earrings with like hooks, but right. the hooks connect. Oh, So it's kind of odd, Um, but yeah, I think like the lack of like control over it, like I was talking about, kind of leads you to pick the AI's choices instead of your choices. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it kind of makes it less yours than it could have been if it was a different kind of digital medium. So
1: like due to the limitation of the, the, the program, you have to say, okay. I know what I want, but because you can't give me specifically what I want, I've got to play within your parameters to get it as close. And then if you're a whiz with, uh, I don't want to say Photoshop because that's a, you can't say Photoshop everything, but GIMP. But post editing, you want to do some post editing on the picture like to kind digital of Digital painting. Yes, yeah. yes. Yes. Yeah. And I, I see people
4: using that as well for for a, a launching pad for that. But yeah. I don't know if you can see but I had to type in a white minimal 3D render
3: of a record player made in 2077. And uh, just like a couple examples of what came up.
2: Those are pretty slick. Yeah. Hmm. See, this it brings up a good point. 3D rendering to get a precise image of what I was trying to look for. So the thing is with this stuff, like Mid Journey kind of does more of a painterly look and Dolly kind of creates more of a realistic look. And there's a ton, I sent you guys like earlier, like if you go into the app store, there's tons of different apps doing generated stuff. And, uh, some's more like more photorealistic, like deep fakes on like other people's images that are probably like at concerts. There's so many people competing for this space. Um, and they're learning from others, starting, you know, jumping off from another company, going, creating their own and, um, Mm -hmm yeah like what donald just pulled up like does that was pretty what i would imagine like pretty clean like bronze style uh uh you know inspired design you,
1: you know and you'd mentioned earlier donald about the like the, the way fingers were so what what Bo sent me it was uh was it black goth or punk punk rock yeah
2: it's like uh black goth girls that From the eighties or something like that, and
1: and and it it threw me off because you look at the fingers and it'd be like this, and sometimes like like this. But but what were you saying, Donald? No, I said I did. I saw it on Twitter. I thought it was a real photo, and then once you look closely, when you examine it, you see the. See, and I'm still skeptical because they look so real, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, but if you're like, are they purposefully making the hands off? So doesn't look like it's real like I, I i get really skeptical with that stuff i'm like is are those really ai generated or is that real people and you want to make it look like yeah. an ai did it by adding some imperfections to go see right. Those people aren't real
2: right wink, exactly wink. <laughs> like like they purposely make the eyes and the hands fake just so you think it was ai generated but it still looks like either that ai is really good and it just is bad at certain things or somebody's uh us.
1: And and that could be their signature, right? It's like, hey, we got to leave an imperfection to make people comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) It's
2: a little too creepy.
4: (laughs) You check out this person does not exist. That's really creepy.
2: Yeah. What if we start like making pictures? You know, some of us do photography. What if we start glitching the photography to look like it was AI generated, but it's really whoever you took a picture of?
4: Right. Well, I mean, even I guess when you come down to photography, and if you're dealing with things like film, there are certain types of characteristics that film has and distortions that happen because of the the way that it's developed. And uh, some people kind of accept it as as what it is. You know, it's it's art within itself. When you get that that blemish of sunlight on a on an actual photo because you're using film and different types of things, it's just a different kind of medium. Sometimes
1: it's kind of like the way people look at you know, vinyl versus CDs, right? Or the old analog recording techniques because you those imperfections are part of the song. You know, you don't have an engineer stepping in and going, nope, record that once. I'll slice this up. Here you go.
0: And like, like printmaking letterpress, like when those machines were invented back in the day, their goal was to make it as light pressure as possible just to put the ink on it because that's how they were like you know, making books and stuff. But now that we have, um, so many other like methods of printing, like that's not how people commercially print things, but letterpress as an art still exists. And people will do like really beautiful, like wedding invitations and things like that. And your goal, they normally do very hard pressure. So what, so that you can tell that it was hand print. So, um, yeah, that what once was perceived as a flaw is now part of the beauty of that medium. Oh, that's So it's, cool. it's just the same thing.
4: Yeah, I think that that's really interesting. Um, and I guess not piggybacking, but also getting onto what what Bethany had said earlier about um, the limitations of using mid-journey. Um, I find it really interesting. And I, I kind of am on... on I kind of straddle the line on the AI-generated art. I think it's really, really cool. But also, I still appreciate art from actual artists, like actual people as well. But I find it really interesting because there are certain ways to create art. And you can limit yourself in order to achieve a certain kind of goal as well when you're creating. And I know that I do that as well when it comes down to things like music and stuff like that. And I don't have control over everything. I don't know how to do everything. I'm not the most amazing guitar player, but I have to work with the limitations that I have and the things that I hear in my head when it's actually created and it's done and released, it doesn't sound exactly the same. Um, it's, It's like... It, it, but it, but you have to accept it, you know, like sometimes I might think of a super, super cool guitar riff in my head or something like that, but it's too complex for me. It's It's over my head. So I have to kind of do something a little bit different that I'm actually physically capable of doing to be able to create the idea that's in my mind, but Nobody ever will hear the idea that was in my mind. They only hear the actual finished process product, and I think that it's just another way of understanding how art is created. Because some people think that, like when you, if somebody created a picture or something, that it's exactly what it was in their head. And just think about if, if Van Gogh wanted to, his self-portrait, if Van Gogh was like, I would like to do a almost photorealistic self-portrait, but he wasn't able to do that, and he got the result that he got, and it's still beautiful. Does that make any sense?
2: Oh, yeah, totally. It's just like when you have influences of other bands, like, oh, I like this band, I'm going to try to sound like these two bands combined but it still comes out completely different. So it's, yeah, it's it never comes out exactly how you envision it. Just like filmmakers trying to make a film, they got to make sure somebody else sees their vision that can do the things that they're doing. Maybe he's not good at sculpting, but he wants, you know, like Tim Burton or something like that, you know, have somebody creating little figures that, you know, he couldn't do himself, but he hires somebody that can capture that vision.
4: Yeah, for sure. And that's kind of what I think of when it comes down to like what Donald was saying earlier about like things like copywriting and, in the machine learning being fed all these different types of uh, photos or different types of paintings by different artists and everything like that. And different images that might exist in the, in the internet and everything like that. But yeah, given it's a machine, it's computer, but also at the same time, we do the same thing as well. And we take in all these different types of influences, even if you're, I guess, even if you are just starting out or you're a very, very seasoned artist in whatever field, there are certain things that inspire you that you take on, just like the machines learn as well that they take on to be able to create something new.
0: And sometimes like you can see something in um, and like not even realize that you're doing something similar because it's just kind of subconscious.
4: Yeah. Very interesting. Is this uh, some, some images that we've got over here?
0: Yes. The group <laughs> chat right. is blowing up.
4: Yeah. I'm like, what is
0: this?
2: I just sent you the Urkelnader. nader. <laughs>
4: Oh, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> the cake is hilarious. Um.
0: I also tried, I thought of this when we were talking about the dogs earlier, but um, I also tried to do, like, a wolf howling in front of a moon, and I was like, that's going to be pretty basic. That'll be easy. It was not easy. It did not, <laughs> like, mid- <laughs> mid-journey didn't want to make- <laughs> Wolf it helmet. the correct shape of a wolf like the um the picture I ended up with is kind of the best wolf shape I got, but it looks like it has feathers <laughs> and <laughs> wow it's it's kind of odd um yeah.
1: almost sounds like a band name wolf feather yeah right
4: and and I think that that's the thing um and that's the reason why i'd en- encouraged um whoever hasn't well i guess people on the on the panel if they haven't had any experience with mid journey. I would say I highly encourage you to try out mid-journey before we talk about this, because Bethany's experience is the prime example of why I find it very interesting when it comes down to what we first started talking about with this person that put his art into an art contest and actually won because he said that he put like 900 hours into making the... Making this, not painting, but this AI-generated art exactly how he wanted to, because it's not very easy.
1: Well, And I appreciate Bo for throwing that in the Explore section of our Discord months ago. Uh, That's how I'd heard of MidJourney. And and it took me a minute to get onto it, but he made me some cool uh, images for
2: you know cyberpunk uh, stuff yeah.
1: right right black cyberpunk and <laughs> yeah. cool hacker look stuff and i was like oh that's
0: great yeah i like it
4: yeah <laughs> but it's it's the thing is that i find is like well art is never just easy um there's a little bit of struggle that goes into it i think that's why it's beautiful but having to put in so much time and effort to create something that you're, that you're looking for, um, I think that it's... I guess it's worth looking into a little bit deeper um, when somebody says, I put 900 hours into it, and you're just like, but it's AI-generated. And you see somebody that's an actual artist sitting here, and she's ta- talking about the problems that she's experiencing using MidJourney. I didn't look at it like that. I just kind of took it as
3: yeah, you can search whatever you want, you get your image, and then it's completely done. But yeah, from her, her point of view, I do understand that.
4: Yeah, I, I I guess, and that's that's kind of my thing, and I guess it, it, I guess the the way that I'm perceiving it right now is not how I was perceiving it when I first. Was introduced to Midjourney. I had the perspective of what the heck? That's <laughs> so ridiculous! Like I don't like the idea of it at all. Anytime that I hear um, anybody talking about AI, I think of um, Terminator, and it's just like they're gonna kill us all. <laughs> so, um, but then actually having the experience with Midjourney and understanding the limitations, but also seeing the beauty in the limitations as well. Um is something that I found to be a usable tool, I guess. Um with limitations, you can still create something that's beautiful.
1: That's how it starts. It starts with the art. Yeah. And then they come for your heart. They become yeah. self aware. <laughs> or you can run. create
4: a very, very triangular piece of cake. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: the other um like point in conversation that comes up when you're looking at AI generated art and like the fears that people have is like, it's going to put artists out of work. People are just going to automatically like generate art and stuff. And so, you know, when you're looking at it, you see like those limitations, like we were talking about, but also like, um, it's kind of similar to like, we were talking about with the advent of photography and other things like through art history it's another, like, tool, but it doesn't, like, remove the existence of more traditional medium.
2: Exactly. I was going to... For sure. Just like with... Yeah, I was going to point that out, too. It's People need to see it as an addition to what already exists. You, they're not forced to use it or just that's... And just like digital photography didn't kill film, it's just an addition thing. It makes things easier for people, but there's still people that love film and the traditional ways, just like, you know, uh, letterpress or even, you know, all the old stuff, screen printing, all the arts, everything's in addition to it. You can add and mix and match. It's just expands the palette just like the internet has leveled the playing field and everybody has a camera. Now everybody can, uh, you know, do music. Everything's just kind of leveling out. So it's just some, it's, just how you view things. Uh, and, you know, we all have opinions and viewpoints and but everything still coexists.
4: Well, Bo, um, what, what was your experience with uh, AI-generated art like? It doesn't have to be specifically mid-journey um, if there's something else that you have used that you might prefer, but what, what was it like when you first started dabbling and creating AI-generated art?
2: It was awe inspiring, actually. Like, I just saw other images come to life, and I thought, okay, I want my hand at it. All, all these people are creating these things. They're using their, you know, prompts, uh, you know, essentially keywords to generate their images. I was like, okay, I want, you know, more like me and my wife would search up like bohemian girl with dark hair at the beach or something like that, and it, you know, come up with, you know, a good abstract version of that. And it, still struck that chord of what a, uh, if somebody painted that i would still be in awe by it yeah things were wrong and the neck's all jacked or whatever but <laughs> hands. but it still was beautiful to look at the colors were what you know I start putting in color prompts you know and uh, then you know i don't know if anybody's tried mid journey you only get so many free tries and you know right it's like hey kid the first time's free and then they start charging it's like Then you're like, okay, 30 bucks for a month. I'm going to do it. And then you're like prompting, like asking anybody, hey, what do you want to see at? You know, what's your prompts? And then put it in for him, (laughs) send him the picture like, wow. And then, uh, you know, after a while, it just, you know, I I lost, you know, I'm like, okay, this is fun. But, you know, 30 bucks a month, I can't do it. And I let it just die out. And I I know there's apps and different things like that. I tried Dolly as well. And it wasn't giving me, even though things come out different, it wasn't giving me the, I, I didn't mind the painterly way of mid journey but like I was saying earlier, there's so many apps out there. some are more photorealistic. It's almost like it deep fakes real photos with other people's faces on them. It's like it never ends. It can just keep expanding to be that. but um yeah, I kind of I'm kind of over it a little bit, but it is like you know, if you wanted a piece, if say I was writing an article about something uh, you know, like whatever I could search up something. And if I need to be deadline, you know, web article, I could create some AI art real quick. And if it looks good enough, I can throw it in there and I don't have to hire like an illustrator. That's where somebody's job might come, you know, into that. But ultimately if you want something done, I think line. no, it wasn't, it was that MKBHD. What,
1: what's his name? Marcus Brownlee.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Technically. Yeah. 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 Um, he had his uh, artist do some stuff and then the AI do some stuff. And then, uh, you know, they're comparing who did what and, uh, you know, trying to guess did he do this or did the AI do this? And I don't, know, I don't think it's putting anybody out of a job. And that's up to the person that creates the jobs, I guess.
1: You talked about 30 bucks a month. That's, that's Sling TV. And if you're unfamiliar with Sling TV, that is a service you can pay for. That's a skinny bundle. You know, it's a cable replacement. And if you're an artist and you're strictly going to be using this to, not even if you're an artist, but a person that's going to be constantly using that art for whatever it is you choose to do, I can say totally. Yeah. 30 bucks a month. You're getting your usage out of it. But 30 bucks, 30 bucks a month is a lot. I mean, compare that for something where you're being entertained. People take TV seriously. You know, they, I got to have my sports, got to have my shows, got to have my DVR, just as a comparison, so I can see why someone would jump in, get all that they can, and then say, all right, we're done. Or I think you can use, uh, I think you get a free trial for a certain amount of time, too, don't you? So just start using a bunch of, uh, uh, this is unethical, but iCloud burner emails, <laughs> <laughs> and, just yeah, keep, and, and just keep recycling, and just be like, "Yep, here goes." Okay, that burner email address can't access anymore. Here's another one.
2: Yeah.
1: I think Donald had some. Yep, else. go ahead, Donald. Yeah, the same
3: thing with Dolly. Um, I think they offer you, I think about thirty credits, and then it'll remind you like you're getting, you're using up your credits, and then they will recharge it within, like, I guess, a certain number of days.
1: Wow, they call them. They so call like, them credits. <laughs> I'm up
3: to like fifteen credits, and I think they're going to recharge me November 27th. Hmm. But then gives you a chance to like if you want to like pay for more credits.
1: How much do they charge a month for that, Donald? Do you know?
3: Uh, I'm not sure.
1: No, maybe we can we can we can revisit it. I was just kind of curious. I like it's it's interesting that they call it credits. I almost feel like I'm in an arcade. We are <laughs> <laughs> doing a simulation. In-app purchases, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, well, but I do think it's a simulation, man. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: about six hundred ninety credits is about ninety dollars. Oh wow! Six
4: hundred ninety credits gives
3: you a chance. It gives you like
1: a like. Um, okay. Do certain credits or, or or do certain images you create cost the Specific amount of credits? No, it's all it's all um, it's all free. You're basically it's just like how many images that you create. Gotcha. So it's like a it's like
3: a Google search. When you do you, one Google search, that's one credit. That's kind of how they um they, that's how they kind of look at it.
1: Okay, okay. I wasn't sure if it was like, hey, this image is 15 credits. this one's five, and this one's two. You know what I mean? And it's like, you start running through your credits. You're like, 690 credits? I'll never run out of images.
4: Yeah. I think that, uh, I guess getting back to the idea of these types of AIs being able to put people out of work, um, I wonder about it too sometimes, but I do think that there will always be... I think it would be interesting to see how that progresses and see how many people actually continue to use those types of things. And I don't know, will it die away or anything like that? Or will people continue to use that? And will it be integrated into just a normal thing that people use that you aren't surprised by the fact that this um this movie cover was ai generated or something like that as opposed to like how often we see cgi in movies and stuff
1: so uh bo has gotta step off he's got another thing to do uh which to say thanks for jumping in and joining us for this section of the call man we appreciate it
2: oh yeah by and, uh... the way the future zones of london had a, just released a new album and their co- cd cover was ai generated just to relate to what you just said but
1: nice yeah. Hey, do you want to tell people where they can find you online?
2: Uh, you can find me at new bohemian on Instagram and then uh, Bo Vincent on Facebook, but essentially incenseprayer.com is pretty much the drop site for everything else that I do.
1: All right. Sweet man. Thanks for jumping in here. All right.
2: You guys have a great day. You too.
1: You too. Do we want to move into music here? Briefly. We
4: can, we can briefly look at some music and yeah, play.
1: I would have I would have liked to have him on there because uh he's a musician as well, but you know, it, it is all to the good. So that A that AI generated Nirvana song, I thought was insane. I mean, it sounds like Nirvana. I mean, exactly like those guys. I mean, I've heard people, I've had friends that is say the ending doesn't quite sound like them, but for all intents and purposes. It nailed the tone, the drum style, got a little poppy toward the end. It sounds like Nirvana unplugged, but... Kurt
4: Cobain's voice sounds like, I mean, it sounds like Kurt Cobain.
1: Right. I mean, it, 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 <laughs> it it's, it, I think that where it you see the flaw really in that music is I think it's just taking Kurt Cobain's noises. I don't think it's actually putting out words and then trying to make the AI sing like him. You know, it's just like, it's, it, but it, <laughs> I mean, like, when I, listen, when I hear Nirvana songs,
4: that's kind of what I hear. I don't know what the heck he's singing. I don't know the lyrics. I'm just like, uh, yeah. But that still goes back into what you said about the
3: limitations of how much an AI can do. Yeah. Because it can complete vocals and render it to be the exact, you know, right.
1: And there was a um, there is a rapper who's got signed to Capital. I say a rapper, excuse me, <laughs> an AI generated rapper named uh, fn Mecca M E K A signed to Capital Records, and then they got dropped because you know the the black community jumped up and was like, "Dude, this is racist!" Like it wasn't even made by black people. Although I saw a video, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know if it's really him or not, but he said that. He's the one that actually did the rapping, so basically the music, I guess, and the words were generated by AI, and then that guy's rapping them. From what I understood, and they just so, pitch him up because when you so when you hear the talk, AI
4: generated really the way that the person looked,
1: <laughs> and AI did the way the person looked, everything like it's it the oh. the AI looks more like if you're familiar with that rapper Takashi 69, mm-hmm. it looks like they kind of used that person as a template, and then added some anime flair to him. Yeah. It's got green hair and, or, or wild dreads or something.
3: There, There is actually a, a female AI that's actually pretty popular in music right now. Her name is Michaela. Really? Whatever. But she's also an AI, but she does, but they use her as like a, as like an artist, like a singer. But she also does fashion brands and she
4: became huge. Like What the pop- heck? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've, I've heard of her.
4: Page to you. I've never heard of it before. Does she sing? She sings. Yeah. Is the is the is the voice generated by AI? So it's
3: actually a real artist, actually.
4: Oh, okay. But they're using the persona generated by AI. Um, I try to share in the chat.
1: So, so that's interesting. So, we don't have AI then necessarily going all the way in singing nor rapping. It's. We're going to generate the lyrics, we're going to do the music, all this other stuff, and then have humans do it, perform what's been created by machines. Yeah. yeah. And, but the thing is, like, still,
4: like, the uh, on the music side, I'm not threatened by it or anything like that. Neither I'm just, I. like, I don't know. there, There's, I'm sure that somebody was, I guess, their ears were burning the first time that somebody ever plugged in an electric guitar. You know, they're like, oh my gosh, these people are going to take over uh, acoustic guitar playing and all that stuff. I don't know. they take uh, our jobs. Yeah, and, and it's just like, even with the uh, evolution of, I guess, different kinds of instruments and everything like that, the uh, the original, you know, like the seed still works and it's still widely accepted there's people that like music that's played by electric guitars um electric keyboards and i don't really see anybody that's just like get that keyboard out of here we can only (laughs) use pianos um (laughs) so i mean like real pianos only (laughs) yeah it's just interesting but i'm not like i'm not i don't feel threatened by it as a as a musician or anything like that. But I do find it just interesting that people are actually being able to make music from this stuff. But I think that some people probably wouldn't think so. I mean, I'm sure people are not very happy about this.
1: I I think it's cool. I can see if you're going to the, the jet metal example we listened to. I mean, that was very, very close. I mean, especially if you're just doing it as an instrumental, and it just, you train the, the, the model on this <laughs> <just laughs> binary, just on and off single note. Yeah. That's but not I mean, hard to That's were, not hard to sequence. Yeah.
4: But if you were a, uh, if you were a singer, like if you were just a vocalist and that's it, and you had the music, if, if you wanted to be in a gym band, but nobody wanted you in their gym band and you were like, well, I'm going to AI generate my own music and just sing over top of it. Is that wrong? Because I don't, I I mean, given I'm a musician, but I don't really think that that's wrong because people hire producers to make music for them and they can't exactly. play a single instrument, but they can sing.
1: Exactly. So I don't see what, I don't see that it's anything different. I, I almost look at it like a pop artist at that stage, right? <clears throat> how, many, yeah. how many pop artists go upstage solo to a backing track? No musicians. You yeah. Know? It's like, it's just, it's karaoke at that point. But the thing is though,
4: we're seeing kind of like this resurgence of the importance of live music and stage presence because yeah a pop artist that just sings can just go to like play a show with a laptop and they just have their track on there and they just press the space bar and play their music and sing but you know what they don't do that because there is there's still a very very core i guess Appreciation for the live environment, performance, and performance. yeah So, I mean, even somebody like Snoop Dogg has a, they, and all these different rappers and everything like that, they have live bass players, you know, even if they don't even have a real bass in their track. Some of them do and some of them don't, but there's still, I, I don't think that it's going to put anybody out of the job. Honestly, it might actually help people get more jobs. Be like, oh, you just had uh, somebody produce your music? Do you have anybody to help you play live? You aren't going to just get up there with a laptop, are you? I, I
1: planned on it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> You'd be like, you don't, you don't want to be that guy that just comes up there and sings to their laptop, right? You want right. a bass player, right? And they're just like, yeah, actually, I do. I mean, maybe that actually helps people get more jobs in in those types of fields.
0: And it probably like helps more like you're saying like, Oh, the singer that doesn't know any instruments. I mean, that's me. Um, (laughs) But
2: yeah,
0: that it probably also encourages more people to be like, Oh, I don't have to like know or hire people to play all these instruments in order to make something like you can get started and like having AI fill in parts that you don't know. And then and then if you get successful enough you're doing shows and stuff hire people like you all talk about.
1: There used to be this meme, I don't know if it's real. You've all, you've all have probably seen it. I've saw I've seen it Every if it's other
4: a meme on the internet it's real. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. That's where every other year I see the Dave Grohl meme where he's got his hands like this fold and it said, you know, We used to rehearse and practice our songs over and over and over. We didn't have any computers, blah, 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 blah. And that's how you make music. And I was like, A, I don't think Dave Grohl would ever say that because Dave Grohl understands there is some different. As long as you're trying to make music, I really think he would embrace that. And then B, people that get upset at guys who don't have any musical dexterity, talent, patience, whatever, to learn that stuff, but they get on a computer, they get Fruity Loops, they get Ableton, whatever your your DAW or software of your choice, you're able to create the sounds that you hear in your head. Now, this isn't AI, but I almost kind of look at this, by the way, as an extension because it's still not a human doing it, so to speak.
4: Yeah, I mean, what's the? I mean, if somebody doesn't know how to play an instrument or know how to work a work a DAW or something like that, but they're a very talented singer. Um, they, if they had the option to choose an AI to be able to help them bring their their vision to life, what's the difference between that and hiring a producer to be able to bring their
1: their vision right, to life? Right, right, You've just taken the human out of it, so so to speak. Right, you've taken the human out of it, and you said, okay, I need X genre, and in, in this time signature, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I don't know how intricate it gets with using ai for music but i'm sure they can go in and pick okay i need this 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 and that and then just keep regenerating until you get something that fits what you're looking for
4: yeah and it from a video that i did see about it like the person creating it it wasn't really just i press a button and it just creates a song for me. Right. There right. was a bunch of work that had to go into it to tell it what it what he's looking for. Of course. Um it's still pretty specific. Maybe he's just not the person to be able to do it. Um you know, I mean there there's limitations within the human beings like yes, there are people that can do those types of things, but that doesn't mean that that person's in your band. Right. And also you might not have a band at all.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised though if we see something with the next within the next two years, software that does that, right? It's got a neural network backed up to it or a service online where you can get very granular and pick these things. I mean, you see it with logic. I would mentioned on part one of this episode the drums and the intro song that I that play for the Edge Free Show, those were I didn't program those in. I mean, I edited some parts. Logic did that: dude, even voice memo,
4: even voice memo on your phone will track pretty well like the time signature yeah. that you're like riffing in or singing in, and you can click on the drums and it will start to try and
1: generate drums behind. Right, and that's uh, going back to what Bethany was saying earlier when she was messing with mid-journey and trying of like learning the, the strengths and the weaknesses of the software. I mean, I made that song. To the strengths and the weaknesses of the the algorithm that's making the drums. I was like, okay, it's not gonna give me a consistent fill here. So let me just loop that. And then if I need a real fill on the drums, I'll have to program that in. But anyway, that's I mean these these things are getting better. Way better. Yeah. You have any thoughts on it, Tunnel? Well, I'm not
3: I don't play music, so I'm kind of out of the loop. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's fine.
1: He's he's more of a, a music appreciator. He he listened to a lot of stuff, though. I mean, as a so that's actually a good thing. So you got a singer, two singers here. Um, I I, I say stuff. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> two guys, two guys <laughs> that play instruments, but you strictly as a listener, do you feel? Would you feel wrong listening to an artist that's AI generated? I mean, let's say in the future state from beginning to an end, there is no human other than a programmer that made that. Would you feel bad about it? Or if it's like, hey, if it's good, it's good.
3: I have, honestly, listening to it, I probably wouldn't recognize that unless it was something that was presented to us to know. Yeah. I would. It would be almost similar, something similar to Aphex Twins, with how theirs is a bit distorted and a bit little wacky, a little bit.
1: Yeah. Wouldn't,
3: couldn't tell, unless they made it known.
1: So you would you wouldn't feel like oh man you know I should be I should be giving Johnny in in Nebraska my my five dollars <laughs> his guitar his guitar lessons really paid off you're like look dude it's it's
4: catchy you probably wouldn't feel wronged exactly I mean honestly what if they had a what if they did have I think it would be beneficial for um like people that are rappers or something you know if there was a there was like a Mid Journey esque idea. Put into a beat maker, like a AI generated beats, and you're just like, I like this beat. I'm gonna keep this beat. I'm gonna rap on this beat. Mid, <laughs> we'll call it mid bars, mid beats, <laughs> mid beats. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, there's there's always like this this weird like two sides to these things with with AI, and usually like with a lot of stuff with AI, I'm like, I don't want to deal with it, but if got you had in if you had a website that just did beats and be like tell us what you're kind of looking for, you know, and we'll create a uh, a unique beat that does not exist. So it wouldn't be copyrighted or anything like that. It'd be a totally new
1: beat for you to rap on. So, we can't call it mid because in the hip hop world, mid means eh. So it's got to be beat journey. High beats. <laughs> 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 i like that <laughs> high <beats. laughs> yeah I'm... beat journey but no i mean that's so you're saying something interesting because i don't know if y'all ever heard of i think it's called splice or slice but you know as hip-hop started right there was a lot of and still today there's a lot of sampling so you know you get something like uh oh good gosh michael mcdonald's i can I keep forgetting, not in love anymore. That became Regulate by Warren G and and Nate Dogg, rest in peace. Okay, so splice or slice, gosh, I should I should have some, but I should look this up. But anyway, you pay, a, it's a streaming, or it's not streaming, a subscription service. You pay for a certain amount of samples, and as you pay for more, you can get more samples that are royalty-free that you can use in your music. So it'd be interesting to see maybe a company like that that's providing samples, maybe partner with or off, off spin off a company that's doing AI generated beats and bring those together. Because then you could say, "Look, I don't know what I'm doing, but I like that sample. Take that, drop it in. Okay, do you want a drill beat, trap beat? You want East Coast boom bap? You want West Coast G funk? And then you're like, okay, the sample something like do doo-doo-doo, do 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 do." I want to. I want a trap beat. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, speed it up. Give me this tempo, you know, and then start adding layers.
4: Honestly, I think that that I think that uh, rap slash hip hop would actually be like the they would benefit the most musically. If that was the thing
1: with with samples specifically, yeah. Now, if you get into stuff like trip hop or you get into uh, EDM, because I mean, imagine EDM—that'd be another good one. You get a or or, uh, is it Skrillex? I forgot uh, what's that style called. I don't think it's called EDM; it's something um,
4: else. I don't remember what it's called. Oh, but I'm pretty sure that there's like channels on YouTube that's probably like infinite. EDM
1: Beats. Oh, for sure. I'm <laughs> like, oh, it just my. keeps Absolutely. on creating stuff. Infinite House. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mm, 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 mm. It's like, oh my gosh, it's the 90s all over again. <laughs> yeah. You guys have anything else that got caught your attention that you'd like to discuss? Oh.
3: I forget to mention, I think it was Mid-Journey, actually. They actually built, um, what is it, I think it's called uh, Stable Diffusion basically people can opt in if they want their work to be part of the training for like the, the database. Yeah. just, Oh, Dolly, Dolly is the one that refused to give out information. Really? Like they don't have details about what is using, what is being used to be coded and being used for the training. So I think that's pretty different between the two.
1: so, so mid journeys, I don't want to say they're, well, I guess they're crowdsourcing a little bit, right? I think so. With with consent. Yeah. I, see, I think that that right there is cool. At
3: first they weren't, but I think when people started having being more vocal about it, they built in that tool that can basically give you an option to opt in or opt out. And I think that there was like about a 60 out of 40 people have opted out of it. Mm, mm. So it's, it's interesting, the whole thing.
1: I, I think, though, as they're trying to help this thing grow... You know, getting input from the art community is cool and getting their consent. I think that's, I think that's a nice thing to do because you are going to upset a lot of people. And then, I mean, imagine if either one of you created something and you have your own signature style and you've put out enough art where you're going, that looks like something that I would do. And then you learn that they trained a model on your art. They fed a bunch of your stuff in there. Someone's like, oh, you know what? I need this in the style of Bethany. Bam. Woohoo! And then you're like, dude, that's my soul. He just took. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, I think I think that's cool. I, I hope that I hope that as this space grows, we get more people that buy in. And then maybe you say, hey, let's not use these things, but I'll give you these. You know, I I think I think that'd be awesome. But again, I don't want people to lose their jobs. I don't think they're going to. It's just a, a, a subgenre of art. Well. We got the music rolling, y'all. So you know what time it is. It's time for us to get on with our Saturday evening. <laughs> hey, Donald, Bethany, we appreciate y'all coming out and and talking with us. And uh, do you guys have anything that or anywhere you want people to follow you? Do you want to share that information?
0: Um, uh, I'm on Bethany Art Design on Instagram.
1: All right.
3: And I am Donald, but it's underscore d n l d underscore on Instagram.
1: Cool, and uh, you heard Bo earlier. Shout out to him again for coming through and spending a little bit of time with us. Um, you can find me at, he can talk on both Twitter, and Instagram. Yeah, and you can find uh, you can find me on
4: Instagram at Daniel underscore free. And also, you can hit me up on the Chasm page, Common Sense Media.
1: That's right. And that's Common Sense Media on Instagram, Twitter, Common Sense Media. So uh, that's been us. I've been Edge. And I've been Free. Until next time, do your research.